What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Crypto Brew Show, where we are drinking brews and talking about it. We have yet another great interview for you guys. We have Joel Valenzuela from the Dash Force News here with us today, and we are super excited to talk to him. But before we jump over to him, let's go ahead and see what Jojo is up to. Jojo, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm just uh, really excited to see what uh, Joel has to say for us. And I'm drinking a Yingling black and tan. So uh, let's get this show on the road. Absolutely. Roan, how you doing out there? What up, Crypto World? I'm good. I'm good. I got my Shiner Bach. And we have arguably the most illustrious public outreach director in the crypto space here. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm glad someone's making that argument. <laughs> Joel, how you doing out there, man? What are you drinking? I'm great. Um, I'm drinking an Allagash Little Sal. It's a sour in um, agents of kind of wine barrels. It's pretty fun. Nice, nice. All righty. Fantastic. All right. Well, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's go ahead and jump into our disclaimer. The information provided on the show does not constitute investment advice, financial advice, trading advice, or any other sort of advice. Crypto Brew Show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Conduct your own due diligence and consult your financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Hashtag NAFAMU, not a financial advisor, my own opinions, and of course, hashtag BYOB, we did, did you? Alrighty, as we said, we have Joel Valenzuela, the public outreach director of Dash Force, a definite great speaker i mean we met him at well we didn't meet him at the world crypto con but we saw him on a panel about banking the unbanked at world crypto con and we were certainly enlightened about what he had to say we are so great to have him on joel i'm just going to start off the interview with uh what's your background how did you get into all this yeah so i was always one of those would you say crazy ron paul goldnut type people and mostly because I just learned at a, an oddly early age that there isn't really anything backing uh, paper money as we see it today. And it's something that people just say, you know, kind of take for granted. But I just saw, wow, does this mean that anyone can just print a whole bunch or just reissue it and it just doesn't have value now? That's that's crazy. And part of that is uh, well, my parents live in Mexico and I grew up in Mexico in the early 90s right around the time of the peso crisis. And so I remember seeing these these coins, these old government coins that then they had to reissue that they just weren't worth anything anymore. And they just completely remade the money from scratch. And just, of course, remind myself of that. I keep some uh, Venezuelan bolivars on my desk all the time, <laughs> which is just worth less. It's probably getting more valuable all the time since this is obsolete and now it's a more of a collector's item. But it's it's crazy and so I've always looked for ways of trying to see what I could do to live on something that's not as that's not just easily to be taken easily taken away. Because I mean, first off, you have your your right to your safety and speech, but even if you have those, if someone if you don't have your right to the the product of everything you do in life, and that's a really scary place to be. So. I was you know, looking into ways of trying to use precious metals or something, and it just there's nothing there. I'm sorry. You can buy a bunch. You can hoard them under your mattress. 
but it's like you're not going to be using that anytime soon in any real capacity. And about this Bitcoin stuff around about 2012, and I kind of heard talk in the background. I'm like, oh, what is that? I don't know. And I didn't into it until someone, um, when I was, uh, I moved up to New Hampshire and on the drive through, I was stopping in Chicago and acquaintance there. Uh, we had pizza and he just, he wanted to pay me for his part of the pizza in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I was, and so I just, sure, I'll download the wallet, take it. It was like 10, 15 bucks. By the end of the year, it was like 150. And that kind of made me think that it was something big, but not that what clicked to me was a few different times with just like paying friends back and just scan, send, that's it. And it's like, well, you don't, there isn't like a server that can be down. It doesn't work. They can't like say, well, let me see your identification. Who's this person? It's just simple. It's like digital cash. I thought, wow, this is going to, and you can send like a three cents, just send it. I was like, wow, this is going to change the world. This peer-to-peer digital cash idea. And that's kind of like, once you go down the rabbit hole, you just, you just keep tumbling down. It's really hard to just be like, eh, you know what? That was a phase and just, just dismiss it. I mean, at that point you're, you're in. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know, uh, I know, uh, Rowan has a question for you, but before he gets there, I wanted to just mention that the fact that you lived it, you lived the, the down, I don't even know how to say this, the downgrade of, of a financial system of a fiat system that where you had something that was worth so much and then just get completely obliterated because of a system that just doesn't work and crypto is trying to fix that so it's really interesting to find someone that has lived that because i know like none of us here on the show have had to experience something like that because the us dollar has been relatively stable uh in comparison to other fiat currencies uh so it's really interesting to hear that kind of side of the story yeah well so Obviously, you know, you can't do that much with 150 bucks. And so unlike almost every other crypto person I've known, I don't think I've never used an exchange. Like I've never bought any crypto off an exchange. And I don't I can't even remember if I ever bought any at all. I just was looking for ways of getting paid in this. I was like, well, this is money. Does someone want to pay me? I'll I'll, I'll do any work for this. And I'll prioritize stuff over that. So I did some copywriting got paid in i even gave people rides in like a kind of ghetto uber situation they all paid me in bitcoin <laughs> and like i just did whatever i could and to get as much of this all the while where i was going 800 to 300 to 400 to 300 tough what was it 198 was the bitcoin bottom in um 2014 or so 2015 i don't remember and then but then at that point you just you're just getting it and using it and getting it and using it. And I was just doing whatever I could on the way. And then obviously there's like a way up. It's like, Hey, we got a little bump. What am I going to, you know, I'm going to get myself something nice this weekend. And so I've been to, there were a couple of times when, but it was never like, I just got fabulously rich off of it. It was more, Oh, I have an extra 200 bucks on top of rent money. I might as well treat myself to drinking and then fix that tire that I've been too poor to fix. So kind of the thing um, with this cataclysmic decline we've seen over the last about year, you know, it's all new. It's, it's nothing new like to me. And I know um, you guys mentioned how 
you've been keeping your cool pretty well, which is pretty crazy for a first time, like a first timer to this. But this isn't my first rodeo, and I know a bunch of people who are like, "Oh yeah, I remember in the 2011 when this," and I'm just like, "Yeah, you got to have nerves of steel by this point if you just see crash after crash after crash." But then you also kind of see the rhythm, the natural rhythm of the of a growing industry about it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down, but then the where the trend line is going. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like where you spoke on the three of us at the Crypto Brew Show, I mean, we are super optimistic about the future of blockchain, crypto. And part of that is because of what you touched on, like the the banking system like, you know, here in the U.S., we take it for granted. I mean, we are completely reliant on what is essentially a third party. And so the control is out of our hands. If something happens, we have no control. We have no choice. We have no say in it. And, you know, I know that Dash is kind of Dash has projects to basically fix that system. So will you touch on like what Dash is working on? Yeah. So the the big summary of what Dash is working on is what Bitcoin is supposed to be working on. And a lot of us, who, especially more newer people, kind of forgot the way Bitcoin started. Bitcoin was peer-to-peer electronic cash. It was you just send and receive it showed up instantly, even though confirmation might come later. But the confirmation was the confirmation list was relatively secure. Cost pennies. There was a lot of faucets. Like I, I put up Bitcoin ads all over my blog, and so then just any every three or four cents, I'd get a payout to my wallet, and it was just like it was like dripping in, in income from there. And that was still possible. Now it's like you can't really send any Bitcoin for the entire amount of revenue I would have gotten. And I remember at one point those ad, ad services just shut down and I couldn't get paid in Bitcoin anymore because it just cost too much to send. So that was that whole peer-to-peer electronic cash system is still like it's still up for grabs. So no one really there's a, a bunch of other coins that are kind of in that domain. I hesitate to say Litecoin, but really like Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, and Dash, and maybe a couple others are sort of in that grouping. But still to this day, none of them got as far towards the goal as Bitcoin did before it transitioned into something else. A lot of people will will be a little more harsh and just say it didn't work, it became useless, scam, 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 whatever. I'll just take the middle road and just say it transitioned into not being that. So that's the biggest thing that um, that's the biggest thing that that means to accomplish. Now, once you provide the uh, capacity to do that, the actual tool, then you got to get it used by people. So, Dash is specifically focusing on a few key industries that are being they're not really being served very well by the current financial system. First off, uh, countries like Venezuela where the currency is collapsing oddly enough from what people are telling me on the ground there one of the worst pay problems is not so much the currency is collapsing it's also the banking systems and the payment processors and stuff are complete a complete absolute mess and you can't use cash it's all electronic because cash just you have a big bail of that stuff and you can't can't buy anything with that so those industries uh things like the gambling industries um 
uh, legal cannabis is another huge thing because there are legal problems. There are problems getting banking services, even despite an entire 100% legit legal business and being able to do something that you can't just shut down like that is a really big benefit to that too. And then, you know, remittances, another big thing because you have to hop from, you have to go hop from currency to currency, bank to bank, government to government, imaginary borderline to imaginary borderline, you know, how that works. And being able to just send someone money. I mean, you guys could be anywhere in the world. You could be Thailand, Australia, Hong Kong, wherever. And I could just, you could be in line to buy coffee, not have enough money. I could send you there you go. Without compromising your physical, you could have a Guy Fox mask on, whatever. I could just send you money right there. That then you can go pay, and it wouldn't. I could send you enough for a two dollar coffee, and it would be cost like two dollars and a fraction of a cent. So that's something that's. I mean, that's something that's still pretty cool, and still, ten years. We've officially reached the ten year um, anniversary of Bitcoin. Ten years later the technology is there as it ever was. It's better than it ever was, but still why aren't any of us really using this? I mean, I am, but you know, a few other people are. Right. Well, go ahead, Jojo. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, you really kind of just hit it, hit the nail on the head as far as the industry is concerned, because you're, you're, you're pretty much private, you're secure, you're instant. And like you said, you know, like that person that's like has the mask on his face right there in front of you at the, the coffee shop, you can pay them instantly. Um, for any of the users out there or viewers of the show right now that haven't really looked into Dash, is there any like type of interface that you can tell us about and how this actual actually works? Yeah, as far as like the instant transactions? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm going to try to encompass blockchain nerds and complete noobs in the same, same description if I can. Uh, that works. <laughs> When you send a cryptocurrency transaction, specifically a proof of work type like Bitcoin, you send it, it usually shows up right away. And then maybe 10 minutes later, it's considered settled or as a confirmation after three confirmations, like half an hour or depending on the day, several hours. It's like, oh, that's good to go. You compare that to when you swipe a credit card. Um, have you ever looked at your bank statement after you make a bunch of debit card purchases? Like they, they show up as pending for a couple Processing. days. Processing. Yeah. It's like this is the same thing. It's not, I mean, cryptocurrency's gotten way better than that, but it's, it's, we're still on the same boat. Basically, what Dash did is it added a thing called Instant Send, which leveraged the specialized Masterdo network, which is a special aspect of the Dash network that I think Dash was, Dash was the first Masternode. Now there's hundreds of Masternode coins out there, but basically to, lock in the inputs of that transaction so it can't be respent or otherwise messed around with it. It basically will be confirmed. So that takes that confirmation time from like a 10-minute kind of window down to 1.3 seconds about. And so it's a special feature that the regular Dash Android and iPhone wallets and, of course, the core wallet, the whole full node wallet, they all have. But within, guessing, a couple days, it's going to be very soon, when version 0.13 comes out, it's going to be by default in every wallet, every Dash transaction basically is just by default, just locked right away. 
So that's going to be pretty interesting because imagine you go to a vending machine and you go try to buy something. If, if you can find any way to trick the vending machine, you can just start, like pillage that thing and just completely completely destroy it. Whereas it, a security countermeasure might be like facial recognition or some, something you know, intrusive like that or making you wait. And part of the vending machine is a convenience. You shouldn't have to wait. Or what about you're like buying a plane ticket and you just pay for it and you're just kind of waiting around to make sure everything worked out fine. And then rather than just it happens right away. One of the coolest things by using this is um, there's this service called BitRefill. And if you guys haven't used it before, I highly recommend it. It's like a, a mobile phone top-up service. That's how it got started out as, but it's mostly like a gift code service, kind of like Gift and eGifter and other things like that. But basically, you can buy, like, say, an Amazon gift card with cryptocurrency. And then you can just do that at the checkout, and there you go. Dash specifically has a 10% discount on BitRefill. So you can get 10% off, like, all kinds of stuff. And I've done that before. The good thing is when you pay with Instant Send, because it recognizes confirmed right away, as soon as you pay, it just shows up. So what I've literally done before is I've gone to, like, for example, went to the Nike outlet to get some running clothes. And I kind of figured out how, about how much I had on my way over the register. I just bought the gift card. It just showed up right away. I just paid at the register, like as if they accepted Dash directly. And I got a nice 10% discount. So that that fast turnaround thing really, really helps out in a lot of situations, especially merchant situations. But imagine exchange arbitrage opportunities. What if you want to move from one exchange to the next? You know, when you deposit to an exchange, it takes a bunch of confirmations before they consider that on your on your balance. What if you could just zap it from one to the next? I mean, that would be pretty cool. I know a lot of traders out there being like, are getting their minds blown right now. <laughs> well, well, go ahead, Jojo. Well, I think, uh, you know, something else that kind of came off of that just from that um, conversation there is, uh, you know, we have a lot of different things out there in the space right now that are kind of like, introducing themselves in the actual financial space as well as far as not just the crypto crypto space and blockchain technology like uh uh an F, uh, essence of that is like bitpay um you know you can do kind of the same thing with bitpay card and how that works is there anything uh like that in the works for dash uh, yeah. to kind of like go with the system that's already out there yeah, there have been a few in the past. Uh, there used to be quite a few crypto debit cards with uh, with Dash, and I, I think I had a couple. But um, so Visa basically shut down the the provider, and then that that was a big issue. But uh, there's one called FuseX, which recently signed a partnership with Dash that I believe they were did a big unveiling at Money 2020 of their with a little, a little like LCD screens on on the cards themselves and stuff showing like the balance thing is a really cool looking card. So those will be out at some point. I haven't been tracking that too closely because I already don't really need it that much, but yeah, there's stuff, there's stuff like that on the horizon. Really that facilitator, that's a, a gap closer. It's like, if you can, if you can buy a few different things with cryptocurrency and then you have one of these, you can kind of hold all of it in cryptocurrency and just kind of use a third party sometimes and kind of not. But of course, the end goal is to make the old financial system replicable. 
very free and decentralized and voluntary. And that's going to really take the human race to the next level, if you ask me. Right. So, all right. Yeah. I have, hold on. Hold on, Ron, real quick. I have. Uh, I actually have three questions for you, Joel. Uh, the and this this kind of correlates with the the size we have. Uh, you mentioned the master nodes, and there are plenty of master nodes out there now. Um, but maybe some of our viewers don't exactly know what a master node is or how it works. Can so can you elaborate a little bit about how master nodes work? Yeah. So a uh, master node is just a specialized node that is going to do a pretty soon a whole lot of crazy things. But right now, most of what they do is they lock transactions for the instant send capabilities, and they do the coin mixing for private send for the anonymous transactions, and they vote. So here's how the network is. Here, here's how Bitcoin works. You have basically a bunch of, you have developers that wrote the code, you got miners, they get all the new coins and fees that are created. They get all what the network produces. It's all theirs. The miners just process transactions. And then nodes, which can relay transactions to the miners to be processed. So Dash has a... Th and so if you need, for example, if you uh, have a light wallet, like you use Exodus or you use Edge or Coinomi or one of those things, that's not a full node. That can't actually... And it certainly isn't a mining node. You need to connect some other full node somewhere that then sends the, net, the transaction to the miners. Whoever's running that is doing it for free. They're not getting paid to run that node that relays the transaction. But it could. Developers are notoriously not paid to develop unless they usually pull some kind of shenanigans. And the thing with Dash is Dash has a, a three-way split. It has a 45-45-10 split. 45% of all the new coins and fees go to the miners. 45% go to the master nodes that run. They're basically nodes, and they run these special features as well. Except uh, in order to be a master node, you have to prove you own a 1,000 Dash just to make sure you can't Sybil attack the network, which is what they call we just spin up a bunch of fake nodes and just go, just go take on the whole network and cause all kinds of chaos. And so in exchange for doing the actual work of running the network, not because you have money, then you're paid part of that 45% master reward. And then there's a 10% what they call a treasury, which is just floating around there. 10% of the new coins available to be created every month allocate to anything. And the master owns a vote on where that goes. Generally speaking, it's supposed to, it was created to fund development. But it's really can do anything like, you know, pay me for what I do. So that's kind of how that whole ecosystem works. That's how Dash is a, is the world, uh, arguably, I mean, someone has to, has to refute me at this point, but uh, arguably the world's first decentralized autonomous organization. That was, that was actually my, that my next question there was that uh, on your site, it says the first self-governing self-funding protocol and I know that uh, Dash is considered a DAO, a uh, decentralized autonomous organization, uh, and you get paid by this DAO. And you want to explain a little bit about what a DAO is and how exactly you get paid by a blockchain? <laughs> 
Yeah, so explain what a DAO is. It's a decentralized autonomous organization, meaning it's some kind of a network that's decentralized, meaning anyone can participate and make decisions. You don't have a group telling people who can and can't be part of it. It's autonomous, meaning it's self-funding, self-running. You don't need outside people to go run it or code for it or anything like that. And it's an organization, meaning it can come together as one for certain circumstances. You can have real consensus. So the way Dash works, it's decentralized because in order to, anyone can run a miner and start both processing transactions and getting new coins. And once you get once you, there's not that barrier uh, to get it to get Dash. Then you can accrue enough to qualify as a master node, and then you can start actually voting on things, including where funding goes. And if you have five dash anti-spam fee, you can submit a proposal to the network that the rest of the master nodes vote on. And if that gets funded, then once a month, there's this thing called the super block, where one of the blocks that gets created is just way bigger because that's at 10% of the monthly coins in just one big chunk. And then that just pays out directly so the address is specified by the people who submit a proposal. So here's what people like uh, myself do. We get to and overload the network with all kinds of terrible proposals. Submit a proposal. People vote on it. Masters vote. And at the ending, end of a voting deadline every month, if they voted in favor, if a net 10% voted in favor, which right now around 5,000 master is a little under. That would mean 500 yes, zero no, or 600 yes, 100 no, has to equal at least a net network. Then at, when the voting closes, and that's it. And whoever gets in the funding zone, they just get money from the super block. It just gets created, and it goes straight from being created into the addresses specified by the proposal owners. And that's kind of as simple as it gets. There's a lot of extra stuff around it. Like, well, how do you lobby for it with a bunch of the other masternodes? What do you say? How do you convince them that you're doing a good job? What do you build around? What kind of reporting, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of that stuff. But protocol level, it's just really as simple as, here's my five dad. Here's my idea. Give me money. And then enough people vote for you. And zap, there you go. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I like the fact that Again, it's just something on the protocol level. It's not something that you could change. I mean, you you have the idea, you submit it, and if it's a good idea, it'll get approved. Um, the my so, last. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry, Charlie. So, so did you actually petition to be a public outreach director for Dash? Um. Yes. In a the the story behind the group called Dash Force is a little bit a little bit longer than that, but. The Dash core team does all the development and like some of the marketing and the business development stuff. And so they've been in Dash group for a while, but somewhere around the end of 2016, uh, a group came together and said, we don't think there's enough people doing public outreach for Dash. Enough people mostly doing internet comments, you know, leaving stuff on Reddit, retweeting things, all that kind of stuff. There's not enough people doing all that because... You know, everyone has a real life and a job and, and you know so what we're going to do is we're going to get together have a couple people that are going to take charge of this and throw out a few tips through a tip bot 
for people to go around and basically stay engaged. And I think we see other communities kind of copying that today. Like I know I've seen the Ripple community, the X, hashtag XRP army going all over the place, getting a bunch of little, little tip bots here and there. I know Bitcoin Cash was really big into the tipper bot in the early days. Um, so that was kind of how it started. And then over time, we just started adding on new things that we were doing, like started a new site, which is formerly called Dash Force News. Now we recently rebranded just to Dash News to make it a little bit more clean and professional. Started a merchant directory called Discover Dash that has all the, what was it, about 4,700 Dash merchants around the world listed in a kind of Yelp-like site. And then we started doing some PR, like working with journalists and things like that. We started a video content and a whole bunch of other things, including going presenting at conferences and things like that. So basically, every few months, uh, we usually run three-month proposal cycles. So like every th three months, we'd submit a new proposal and say, hey, this is the new stuff we're doing. What do you guys think? And then they vote for it or they don't. So far, they've, they always have voted for it. And anywhere in these three months, by the way, anyone could change their mind and just, you know, fire the whole team. But usually your chances tend to be, rel if you get in there once, you kind of okay through the, your cycle. Yeah, fair enough. That's, uh, I mean, it's super interesting to hear about how a DAO works and I mean, how that all works. Uh, I think Roan had a question for you. Yeah, man. I'm, um, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you have been using solely crypto for so long. And, you know, that's something that I aspire to do. And honestly, I would like to be doing it right now. Um, but obviously, you know, right now, the infrastructure doesn't allow me to easily one get in and out of of crypto but two you know for example buy gas buy groceries like because i use my credit card debit card whatever for all these things so and i know that dash has like uh dash text they're working on and uh the app you know i know they're working on like kind of like a venmo like system yeah. there is there anything else that's like that dash is doing to get the everyday person to use crypto. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things going on, and everything. Of course, we're just so getting so close to that point, that tipping point of flipping over. Obviously, there's crazy people like me that have always done whatever ugly hack we can. But first off, if the Dash and Android wallet, and I think the iPhone very soon, if but the the generic Dash wallet comes with Uphold integrated right into the wallet. And Uphold is a service that just lets you buy Dash with a credit card or bank transfer for about 1.25%. So it's right in the wallet itself. So you can just buy Dash and have it in the wallet. So that's already an easy way to get some. Bit Refill is, as I mentioned before, lets you get gift codes for a, now a 10% discount. So there's a lot of things for example, I mean, obviously, once you get into Amazon, you can buy almost anything. Then there's other things like um, you can get Uber gift cards. And so I paid for my Uber rides with Dash before because I've just gotten Uber credits and put it in there. And there you go. 
And there's all kinds of different things you could do. You could take out a big chunk of your bills and expenses through just that way. And I mean, it's going to be, it's always going to be a little bit of a, a rocky road, but it's starting to, to develop a lot more. Most interestingly, there's this mobile phone company called Crypto Mobile that's mostly targeting South America that sells discounted smartphones, discounted Android phones that come preloaded with a Dash wallet, BitRefill, the Discover Dash app for a merchant directory, and comes a little paper wallet full of a little bit of Dash to begin with. And so basically you just get this phone, you have, you're all set up to start using Dash right away. And they just shipped another 66,000 of them to South America, 50,000 or more to Venezuela in particular, where there's a whole lot of merchants you can actually spend. Although Colombia just passed 350 Dash merchants in the Medellin area. So it started to become pretty easy. In the States, you're going to probably be more heavily reliant on those gift card type services, but it depends on where you go. I mean, I live here in New Hampshire and is the town with the highest per capita Dash merchant um, rates in the whole world right now. I think it's like 27 or so Dash accepting businesses in a town of 20,000 people. There's a bunch of different coffee places you can go to and restaurants. There's the vape shop. You can go kinds of CBD stuff from there. There's um, the yoga studio. There's a whole bunch of different things you can do. Um, I, there's even a, an auto dealership multiple towns over that recently sold a car entirely in Dash. So it's starting to grow more and more and more. I mean, don't forget overstock.com takes it directly. And um, yeah, there's a it's it's getting better and better all the time. Right. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's super exciting to see crypto being accepted more and more yeah. places. Dude, I, I just want to like add on to that, like for for the listeners out there and for for the three of us at Crypto Brew Show, like if we believe in this next generation of finance, like I feel like it's it's obviously in the states it's a little bit more work for us to use dash for example but it's up to us to like facilitate and be the catalyst for this change so i'm going to take it upon myself to you know check out dash and try to you know adopt it and i don't know we'll see man yeah and there's a couple of key things to remember with that uh the first is just the circle of friends type thing. Um, some friends of mine own a farm up north, and they have all kinds of organic produce. So I buy all my like my all my pork specifically from them in Dash. And are you saying we can get bacon with Dash? <laughs> yeah, but basically, if you you form friendships with people or relationships with people and businesses that are interested in this, then you just, Hey, why don't you go take this? Oh yeah, sure. And then it just becomes a peer to peer money, person to person. You're transferring value to someone else. You're exchanging value with someone else. And if it's just someone, you know, if it's a very small business, local kind of thing, it doesn't take really that much work at all. A little bit more work is when you start getting to like the shops where you have like a, 
have to train employees to take and all this kind of stuff. Then it gets a little bit more work, but I'm working on a project to basically give a, a really easy setup guide for just how to, how to pitch it to anyone to get them set up. I mean, the, the real thing is we talk about like, well, why is this any better? Oh, well, it's like, it's decentralized. It doesn't mean anything to anyone, but so you got to find the dollars and cents in the decentralization. Where are people getting fleeced because there's some third party in there that makes it impossible for them to avoid it? Well, here's just an example. Co your regular old coffee shop, they use Square, the usual little Square car reader. Take about, what is it, 2.5% off of that. If you take Dash through a point, the Dash point of sale system and you send it to uphold and convert it, that's 1.25% to cash in their bank and then it i think a three or four dollar um, bank transfer fee whenever you do that so i figured out that if we as long as they wait until they got at least 200 bucks in sales and dash they save money over swiping their cards see and i i i sorry to interrupt you but i just want to like bring this up because it's important the the issue with that right now is regulation you know and especially like taxes in the u.s because that small business that wants to use dash as of right now the tax issues the regulation issues that's the barrier as of right now i, I mean i i would argue yeah and so that's why you either keep it in that sort of clandestine small business type environment where people are, yeah, yeah i'll take that yeah sure that kind of like cash only environment type thing. Bartering. You people easily report. So if you get your big cop again or your auto dealership or whatever, if they get a big chunk of dash that just turns instantly into fiat currency in their bank account, then I mean they don't really have to to mess with that. Now there are some things like for example, there's this company called Alt Six. It's an integrated business solutions geared specifically towards the cannabis industry. And they're rolling out a whole bunch of dispensaries in Oregon, California, Nevada, and Arizona. And they have the whole tax calculation thing built right in. So you don't have to really worry about that. It's in there entirely legally compliant and they're dash only. So there are going to be some advanced merchant solutions that just make it so Anyone, it's just out of the box. You get started, you use it, and you don't have to worry about any of that. For everyone else, I'd just say either, hey, you know, you just give it to your your local guy who you know does what he wants with his own. You give it to someone who, or you set them up so it gets converted right away, and they don't have to worry about it. Or, I mean, there's the, of course the the middle of the road where I have some people that wanted to keep it much in dash sales they get they put that much in cash of their own money into the till and they just consider it like they're buying it off the business so the business still just gets cash and then they just speculate with with the dash i guess so those are the mo mo main ways i've seen people do it right so i mean it, that has been some valuable insight like i'm super like excited and intrigued uh, as far as using Dash as, to, like, again, I mean, arguably what Bitcoin was supposed to be in the first place. And again, it, it, that 
banking the unbanked aspect as far as you know i mean again it doesn't mean much to us maybe uh in the u.s united states but i mean people in venezuela people in greece like all those countries that have been just decimated as far as their fiat currency is concerned like cryptocurrency is there to help that scenario and dash is at the forefront i feel with that in, in that regard but with that being said um where can where can our viewers find you where can our viewers find dash uh how can they get involved yeah so if you want to uh keep up with my semi-coherent rambling on twitter uh, at the desert links desert is in dry place links is in kitty cat and that's that's my twitter handle dash news.org is the number one source in fact as far as i know the only dash news site out there and we run now we run at least a couple articles every single day and we post a weekly podcast on that there's interview videos sort of like this one that get posted up there um just about every week as well all keep pretty up to date now if you want to actually start using it uh, go to discover-dash.com and just be where around you accepts accept dash. And pretty soon we're going to be polishing up that site even better to where there will be some easy guides on like what kind of apps you need, how you download, how you get started, all that kind of stuff. Really easy to use guides on there. So hopefully we're, we're trying to make it so that anyone who comes sniffing around can become a recurring dash user right away. And not just be like, oh, this is great. Well, what do I do? Well, I guess you can buy some and then just hope it goes up. All right. Hopefully it'll be get you into the habit of actually using it like right now and finding ways you can definitely save money by using it. Right. And I mean, I think that's that's a huge thing as far as teaching people just in general how to use cryptocurrency and just something easy, something without thought just super hello here's my smartphone here's my dash wallet i'm gonna send you some money uh via dash so uh super awesome that you guys are doing that because again ease of use i think is one of the main catalysts to adoption and it's super cool that you guys are trying to do that um but with that being said uh i mean that's about all the questions we have uh jojo or roan you got any other last minute questions for joel No, I, I, I think I'm good, man. Uh, Joel, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show, man. And uh, to all the, the viewers, listeners out there, you know, fans of the Crypto Brew Show, Dash fans alike, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw out some quote out there to you. And that's uh, from Uncle Ben from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. So we got to make sure that even though maybe in the States, yeah, we've got to go through a man like your guy that you got your store that's going to accept Dash or the gift cards that you can give through the Dash app. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's easy, it's not worth it. And this is definitely worth it. So we got to make it happen. All right. So Uncle Ben, that shit, Spider-Man for the win. Let's go. Absolutely. 100%. Ron, you got anything? Yeah. All listeners, let's band together. Let's, let's, Let's start making this happen. Let's get rid of the third party. Take charge. 
And Joel, thanks for coming on, man. You answered so many of my questions and our questions. And hopefully all the listeners out there have a better understanding of uh, not just crypto, but Dash and what Dash is trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Joel, you have any uh, last minute comments and concerns and or just anything you want to throw out there as far as uh, Dash and what you guys are doing? Yeah, I'll just go philosophical. Ask yourself, why does any of this matter? When you kind of start thinking about that, why is it is it just like a better, faster PayPal? Is it just a way to get rich? Is it just some obscure, well, it's decentralized and I therefore I can run my own node and just think about why it really matters. What's the in human terms? And then if you think about why it matters, theoretically start working on making that in practice. Is it going to help people who are being censored around the world? Well, get to it. Get to trying to help those people. Is it going to help the unbanked? Start making that happen. Is it going to make a free, more efficient global economy and raise millions out of poverty, if not billions? If so, start getting that in place. I mean, and that's usually a really easy way to get grounded. A lot of people, oh, this coin's better than that coin. This coin, that's better than this. You all should end up in the right position if you're asking yourself the right questions and being philosophically consistent as to what you do about the the questions that you get and the answers you get. Fair enough. I love it. I love it. Well said. Well, again, Joel, thank you so much. Power to the people. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Joel, thank you so much for being on the Crypto Brew Show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We love hearing about Dash and everything that you guys are doing. So uh, hopefully we can get you on again. But I hope everybody learned a little bit more about Dash and how you could use it and uh, the things that they are doing to change the world via crypto. Anyway, this has been the Crypto Brew Show. Thanks for watching. Head over to CryptoBrew.show for more videos. Support the show. Like and subscribe. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Cheers. Peace. Peace.